0: So this morning, I present to you Renel. Um We believe that what we are to receive in this specific time um, is, as a congregation, and many of the things I preached on last week, is something that Runel walks in and that she, in a way, embodies. And um, so I want you to open up your heart to receive important from her I um, just want to pray over her Lord I thank you for the gift that Renelle is, I thank you for what she reflects and I pray Father that you would bless her, the words of her mouth through your Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts in Jesus name, Amen
1: Amen. Thank you, dear Bea. Wow, what an incredibly special time um, this morning in worship. I just can't stop thinking about those who can't do this. Um, I'm just so moved to know that it's such a privilege for us to gather like this, to sing as loud as we want to, to use as many instruments as is ava- are available, and just to, to, to be able to come together as, as believers um, in a public place, it really remains a massive privilege. And um, yeah, and so it is also, uh, it's really exciting for me to share with you today, um, the word that, as Deva said, that's been on, on my heart for a while. And I'm tagging on to what he said last week. Um, if you haven't listened to last week's sermon, I um, want to yeah, really urge you and prompt you to go and listen to it. There's so much in there to listen to and to really think through and to work through. Um, and I, it's really, that was a sermon that, um, David, I think he used so many of the scriptures that we know so well and that, but if we actually stop and really listen to it and really pray through it and work through it, we just realize, um, how much there is to still work on and trust God for. So, um, today I I'm want, I want, I think it's good for us to, to look to Jesus, um, And to really walk closer to him so that we can know him fully. Because last week we shared and we learned about all the things that we can be in love if we really pursue God and the things that we really want to be in love for each other and then glorifying God. But really, the best way to be able to learn to do that is to learn to know who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And it sounds simple. But it really is something that we have to trust for. And that's the title of the sermon is Gentle and Lowly. Because if you go and look through the Bible, there are so many places where God, or where Jesus uses metaphors of he is like this, or he is, think of there are many bread of life or the light of the world. There's so many things he's like this. He uses metaphors that we can understand. But then there's one place where he says, I am gentle and lowly. And we're going to dive into looking a little bit more of what that means, um, and what that means for us. And then, if we can grow one step closer, we can become more like him, and look to him, and, and be more comfortable in his presence, to be able to be shaped by him. And his desire really is f- to connect with each one of us. Um, he's a friend of sinners, and he wants to connect with us, and I want to invite you today to take off your world, the specs that the world has put on and the things that you've learned so far, but really to trust God, to trust that you would see Jesus in his fullness and, that he, and, and allow him to show you what, what the things are that you are seeing and what you're not seeing yet. Um, if, we look, if we go into the scripture, that's in Matthew 11, I know, I'm sure many of us know it too, come to me all who labor. And are heavy laden, laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is like light. I'm just going to read that to us again. I think um, it's also a scripture that we know so well, but I would like us just to read it again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the context of this um, piece of scripture is where John the Baptist is in jail, And he's worried about the things that he's heard. And there's a growing resistance to Jesus' teachings and ministry. Um, And if you read through the whole of chapter 11, which we do not have time now, um, you will see that there's a bit of a a shuffling or a little bit of a contentiousness going on. But Jesus then says that God will continue to show and to reveal the kingdom to those who have simple faith in the gospel, like children. So he uses the metaphor again um, that God will continue to show and, and break open the truth to children. Um, and I think that the, the use of children often shows through the humility and the simplicity of faith. Um, for those of you who've who visited kids' church or who has done any form of engagement with little children, will know that they just love. Thinking of, things that could perhaps happen. If you talk to our little Daniel and you and you dream with him, it's the most entertaining thing because what would happen if we would pulled a slide or a foofy slide from here to there? And that's all you have to say and you can dream it because Daniel truly believes if you can dream it, you can do it at his age. And I think that's the beauty of children and that's the simplicity of the gospel. And um, there's so much for us there for us to you know, just to, to, to grasp. So spend time with children. May they disciple you a little bit. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and that's uh, that comes in um, in contrast to those who are in the world and has got all the knowledge and really wants to try to figure out the gospel and how to live your life um, with knowledge and works. Whereas children learn as they go, they believe as they go, and they love it. They trust, they enjoy, they have fun. They have, I think the mind of a five-year-old is a very fun place to be inside. And I think that's, that's so much we can learn about it. So this is Jesus' personal invitation saying, Come to me. Get out of your chair. Come to me. I am, I am here. I'm waiting with my arms open. Jesus' most natural position is this. It's not this or this. It's just this. It's the way that I would open my arms if one of my children would be running up to me on, on the stage. That's the way. That's where Jesus is. That's how he's ready for us. And I think in, this, in the immediate context, the laboring and heavy laden um, Talks about the oppression um, of the religious laborism and legalism that was imposed imposed on the on the believers and on the, the people by the Pharisees in that time. But it also has a wider application that refers to the eternal rest for those who seek forgiveness, those who really seek to know Jesus more. And yes, you are laboring and you're working, and you you. You're wanting to know more about Jesus, um, but it's where, it's that place where you can say, "I know that my salvation is not by my good works. It's actually or I think in the scripture it might be referring to those who are still wanting to do more of that. Um, and yeah, let's look at it again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So you're taking something and you're learning. From Jesus, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. um, I quickly want us just to stop and look at what a yoke looks like. Um, It's a heavy crossbar that was laid on oxen that forced them to drag um, farm things. Is it over there? Yes. So you will see that it's got this thing around its neck. Um, and then you are very much joined to the person next to you or the ox next to you. You have to go where it goes and you have to work together. So, um, in a way, it was also a metaphor for your um, relation to those around you. So, you have to be do a certain set of things as the Pharisees have, have have laid upon you. And you have to do all these things to be able to have a success in the kingdom. Um I'm wondering what this says about discipleship also. If we take Jesus' yoke upon us, and and that's a light yoke, but also we can go where he goes. So it's, in essence, he is the one that's carrying the yoke. There's a yoke, but he's the one showing us where to go. He's the one we can relate to. He knows the way. And it's easy, it says. The burden you will carry is lighter because he's there. And it's not as heavy laden with what you have to do and what you can't do. And then it, the scripture also says, "I am gentle and lowly in heart." And another place where I just want to want us to to pause is the context of heart in the Bible is not the emotional state that we make it in the world or that we know a heart the heart to be referred to as, but. Um, the, when, the, when the Bible refers to one's heart, it really is um, the center of all we are. It really is the, um, that thing that makes you get up in the morning, that, that the center being of who you are, whom God made you to be. The special attributes, That's the, 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 the word says in Proverbs 4 verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. So what is that? What is it when when you're squeezed? We all know when we're squeezed, what is coming out? If you've been um, married or in close relationship with someone or even with a boss or a colleague that you had to work under high pressure with, what comes out when you're squeezed? It's such a good question to ask yourself what's really going on in your heart. What comes out when Jesus is squeezed is gentleness and loneliness. Imagine that. And that is what it is. That's what he said. He shared A little golden nugget, a massive golden nugget, actually, of his heart. And just allowing us to see that. A little golden nugget of all that he is, his whole being. Um, The Passion Translation of, of Proverbs 4 says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there throws the wellspring of life just knowing that we have to be very careful. And Debbie mentioned it last week too, but we have to be very careful with what we go around with because it influences the makeup of who we are and what happens inside us. If there are um, loose stones in, in, in your foundation or you're allowing sin and you know that God has convicted you about it and you've not acted upon that, you know that that's also part of the wellsprings of your life. Of your of your life, and it will come out when you are squeezed. Um, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things. So we must know that the heart, is a, that's where the, the fullness of where you are can be deceitful, and it, it's really something that we have to guard ourselves against. But Jesus says he's gentle and holy, lowly and holy. So, <laughs> so let's look at what, what the Greek... Word of gentle, the, the Greek use of the gentle word that was used in this context means. It's only used three other times in the New Testament. The first one is in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Um, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's the same word they use there. And then in the prophecy in Matthew 21, um, that Jesus is the king that's coming, humble and mounted on a donkey. Um, that is... Also the same Greek word that is what was used. And then in 1 Peter 3, Peter's encouragement to the wives to nurture more than anything that hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. And within the context of, do not let your adorning be external. um, Within that context, you can go and read read it. But, This gentleness, and the essential, the word that was used, means it's he's meek, he's humble, and he's gentle. And then lowly refers to much of the same. In James six, it speaks about um, Jesus being humble. But before we before we say that. this, hum- this lowliness and the humbleness that is referred to through the word lowly is really not the humility as a virtue, but more a state of being. It's the relatability, that Jesus is um, draw- being drawn to sinners, being drawn to those who are outcasts, that. And it's really something that we know that we can all still grow in um, and learn from Jesus, is being open to more uncomfortability. And what a beautiful place church is, but what more can it also be? Um, to, to yeah. So the use of the, lo- the word lowly here overlaps with the use of, or the, the gentleness that was on the previous slide. And then together it actually communicates this reality of Jesus' heart. That um, he, he really is very gentle So in James 4, verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So in this context, pride would be the exact opposite of this humbleness. Luke 1, verse 52 in Mary's song, if you've not read it recently, go read it again. It's really lovely. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Again, this this exact this direct opposition of the who is high will be low and and just exalting those of those humble estates. And then Romans twelve, which Diabia also shared on last week rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own eyes. There we've got just this this life um wanting to to connect with those you know, who are in perhaps in a different state than you are, rejoicing with those who rejoice even whatever you are feeling, and living in harmony with others, but then associating with the lowly while not being wise. And um I think we can still go back. This lowliness um, speaks about accessibility and approachability. He's approachable. Jesus is approachable for anyone, by anyone. And then he's accessible. He's accessible to every single sinner. There's nothing ever, ever, ever that can freak him out. Nothing that you have done is too bad. Nothing that anyone has done is is something that he, uh, that he feels he can't handle. And that makes him so accessible, so approachable, and he wants us to come to him because he knows. So just coming back to the James 4 verse 6. If gentle and lowly is what he is and he wants us to come to him, we have to accept this gift. We have to know that It is a gift that he's offering us, but we have to accept it first. An increase in holiness is also an increase in compassion. And as we grow in our walk with the Lord, we are being sanctified and becoming more and more like him, so we're becoming more and more holy. And with that, we can know that we can trust and know that our compassion is increasing. So if we do lack compassion, we ask the Lord. And the, the, word, the original word used for compassion actually um, refers to your intestines that are moving when you see something that is not right. See something that is not sitting right with you. It, the actual word translates into this feeling that you get inside. And I know we've all felt that. Just imagine what Jesus must have felt when he saw and still feels when he sees the injustice and I think this is a, this is key because he it, the fact that he's gentle and lowly does not make him fluffy. He is hundred percent um hundred percent God, and his wrath is hundred percent, and so is his gentleness and his mercy and his compassion. It's not a seesaw it's not on the days that he's more merciful who is less wrathful <laughs> or less serious, it's both. And, when it, and that's how we can also grow. We're growing in both of that together, knowing that the compassion is stirring in us because our holiness is stirring, and we are growing in that, and what a privilege. So ask for God for more of it if, if, you, if we can all grow in it, but we can ask him for more of it. The one who is most holy embraces those who least deserve it, and that's me. And we have to get over ourselves and deal with our sinfulness. Um, It's been, last year when we prayed, um, when we started preparing for the encounter four, that was earlier this year. um, I really felt that God said, there's going to be a light, light, the light will be shining on sin and shame. And I was waiting for it all the time, and I was so excited for the breakthroughs to come in Encounter which they did. But little did I know, it was—it's more than that. It's not a once-off or a course. It's—it's a—it's us growing in our holiness, us understanding, firstly understanding your role, understanding who God made you to be, learning to love that, and learning to kindle those things that God has, those special gifts that God has given you, and taking it serious to actually. Bring it to to the table to to, to fulfill your role in the body. So that's the first part of it. And then allowing God to show you how can I use those gifts in love? How can I love, um, firstly, the church? How can I love my city, my neighbors, those who don't know him? How can I grow in love and grow in love towards Jesus and God and and grow then in my gentleness and my compassion and really um, have that innermost Movement, when, when the Holy Spirit is moving amongst you, where it, wherever it might be, at work or at home or when you're driving, Jesus hates everything that is evil. He hates it. And our sin is evil. It's in us. And we can bring it before him. We've got this gift. He has done everything, every everything for every single sin, big and small, and he knows about it. James 4 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do, do we not want to be humble before him? And when we come humbly before him, he gives us grace. Because He he naturally moves towards sinners. He naturally moves towards those who are broken and those who know. But then you have to come to him, as the scripture said. You have to take his yoke. You have to accept the fact. We have to accept the fact that we are sinners. Then he can move towards us. Then he can touch us. He can embrace us and he can heal us because we are here because he's standing with his hands open. He's ready to embrace us. He's ready to pick us up. If you hear a child cry, it's our natural instinct to move towards that child. See where is the parent? Can I help him? Is there something that I can do whether I know the child or not? That's exactly how Jesus responds. If we're crying out for help, he's ready to help us. He's ready to help us. But if, you, if a child burns or a little one burns their fingers and they're too proud to say, even though the mom might see, you know that that situation just happened, but they don't want to tell you. How much quicker can that response and that, that help and that love happen if you just admit the sin, the wrong, and really go for that. 1 John 1, verse 8 to 10 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he will forgive us, our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness if we claim we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word not is not in us ouch <laughs> jesus came to save us and we have to deal with our shame our sin and shame and the, th- the things we did whether it was in the past long ago or very recently The shame is keeping you so bound to the sin. And Jesus came to to break loose all the chains long ago already. So we have to come to him. We can tell him. We can know that he's gentle and lowly. His whole being oozes and and overflows. The wellsprings overflow with his gentleness and his approachability, his humility, and his love. And He invites us to come to Him expecting that gentleness. He wants us to come expecting Him to be gentle to us. And not the other lies that we've we've believed before. So our pictures of things in life are made up of puzzle pieces of things that we've heard and learned and read and ideas that we've formed around it. And many of the times, we might have sneaked in a lie about Jesus, that he actually, he's, he's forgiving, but maybe not of that one sin. Or he's loving, but maybe not of that one day. And it, he's inviting us today, I really truly believe it, he's really inviting us today to open our hearts, to come to him, to allow him to speak into those, those shameful moments And knowing that we are qualified for this grace, this gentleness, this humility, just because we are laboring for him. And how much more does he want to do it for us, because we are his children, and we've already accepted his love. And some of us might not have accepted it yet, but he's inviting us today to say yes to that, and to come to him. Because if you are labored and heavy laden, your burden qualifies you. His grace, and it qualifies you to know, to know Him more. So, as we're gonna we're gonna partake in the communion now, and I want to invite you to bring your hearts before the Lord. And as you, as the as the um, connect team gives out the communion, I'm, I ask Lo to play us a song, um, and I want you just to sit quietly and prepare your hearts. After that, I will pray for us, and we will partake in the communion together, and then the band will come up, and we will worship him more as a response to this.
2: Better than ourselves, Lord, make us humble and make us meek, quick to hear, and slow to speak. Make us gentle. And
0: you that we can partake of you I pray as we partake of you that we would meet with you that we would encounter you in this moment as we partake of you that we would come to you that we would use this moment all of us to just say God I'm, I'm coming to you now would you be gentle and lowly to me Would you receive me? Would you love me? I come expectant of your gentleness and your loneliness. Would you embrace me, the sinner that I am, that you died to set free? We thank you for your body that was broken for us. And we partake of it now in remembrance of what you have done and in joy what that means for us. And as all sin leads to death and is only atoned for by the death it causes, I thank you that you came as a perfect sacrifice, atoning for all sin through your perfect and holy and sinless blood. Thank you that we can partake of it and be clean. Remind ourselves that we are clean because of what you have done. We partake of you now. We partake. And we think of that as we come to you.
1: Amen. As the band comes up to lead us in uh, one more worship song, I would like to challenge you as a response in this time how How are you dealing with your sin and shame how, have you, you know, have you really accepted the, god's grace accepted the fact that you're a sinner and that there really is nothing to be shameful of when you come before the Lord? He's not like your best friend he's not even like your spouse he's even closer and he even there's even more that he knows and that he wants us to share. There's really nothing that we, can, we have to hold back or anything that we can hide from him. And then also, I want to ask and challenge you to really think of the, what are the lies that you believe about Jesus? What are the attributes that you have kept and you are thought to be true? And those reservations that have been in your heart for Perhaps years, things that you that have hindered you from coming close, from allowing him to really speak into into your heart fully. So, thank you, France, and yeah, you know, I, I challenge you to really search, search him. And um, I will be in the front if you want us to to pray with you, and um, but also just. Take this time, worship him, and allow him to speak to us. Father, I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that, Jesus, you have come. You are the perfect lamb that was slain for every single sin and everything that can be shameful. And we come today and we speak a light into those dark areas. Jesus, thank you that you revealed your heart when you said that you're gentle and lowly and you are ready for us to come to you. Thank you that we can accept that today and that we can come to you, Lord. Come to you, learn from you. Take your yoke upon us, Father. Be discipled by you and just to walk in your shadow to learn how can we be more like you. We want to know you more. We want to know more of who you are. Thank you that you keep revealing the truth, only truth to us. We pray that in Jesus' name.